And so for me, it's on one side foot fetish, the other side ass fetish, and then in the middle, Red Foreman, right? We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blow. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It's ABC featuring the VIPs of SBT, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three, cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download the rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello, and welcome to a new year of a very special episode podcast where we discuss shows about the end of a year and getting high. Uh, my name is David Bittenhofer, and with me is the person who'd rather get high than spend any time with their family. Oh, that sounds a lot like me right now. Hello, <laughs> I'm your dear friend, Carolyn Maine. I'm very excited to be back in what definitely has to be a better year, right? Don't answer that. <laughs> well, it's tough to be a worse year, that's all mm, Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> and the person who says I love you to a pair of Packer season tickets. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I trapped you. <laughs> you. You trapped. Under duress, Austin Gordon. <laughs> see, it's a bad year for Austin. Say, I love the value of these and thus could sell them. You know, that's, your, that's true. Uh... That's true. I have, I have some questions about these Packers tickets when we get there. <laughs> There might be a lot of questions happening, but uh, <clears throat> today we're reviewing That 70s Show, Season 8, Episode 22, That 70s Finale. Uh, it's time to ring in the 1980s. It's New Ooh. Year's Eve. Red and Kitty want to move to Florida. Or do they? Jackie and Fez want to kiss. But will they? And Donna swears she doesn't want to see Eric when he returns from Africa. Or does she? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, that whole sequence was more entertaining than anything in the actual episode. <laughs> yeah, you like tied it all together there. I get it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the final episode of That 70s Show, and I just picked it because yeah, I why? New Year's, New okay. Year's uh, episodes of sitcoms and this was like listed as number one or number two on many lists wow. which probably just shows you the quality of new year's episodes yeah i was in general. thinking about that and there really isn't a lot of notable there's a friends years. one that yeah. got a lot of uh, attention but i figured we haven't done a that 70s show right. so i was like yeah right. why not we haven't yeah. done a lot of finales either so i thought that's true. yeah this is i mean technically this is a, a new a holiday episode and a finale and a finale so that's you know yeah exactly it's two things in one it's a uh, series finale not just a season finale so that's yeah, a pretty yeah. big deal and i right, guess you're kind right. of a slave to the season is this because i didn't do a very thanksgiving thanksgiving episode <laughs> <laughs> i prodded david in no way shape or form to do a episode. <laughs> uh, 
I had no idea what I wanted to do. Let's be honest. Good I, point. I was like, I guess New Year's. That that's a good enough. Yeah, sometimes you take you take the inspiration where it comes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go, uh, Austin. What's your relationship with that '70s show? Uh, you know, it's not terribly deep. Um, I watched some of it. I mean, I watched enough of it to like know who the characters are and what the, you know the general premise and. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff, but certainly not in any sort of regular capacity. I feel like I probably caught it in like reruns or syndication or something like that, even though it was, I mean, it's not like it's an old show or anything. Um, it's pretty contemporary with when I, with when I was watching TV knowledgeably and, and, uh, purposefully, but, um, certainly like, at this point in the show's run when Topher Grace, Topher Grace and Ashton Kutcher are gone and like this, this all just blew past me. Most of my notes, <laughs> spoiler alert is like, wait, that happened. This happened. Who's this person? What's going on? Uh, clearly, you know, they, they blew past whatever sort of status quo I was familiar with from my, uh, my flirtations with watching it. But uh, yeah, I think they only made it one season without Topher Grace and you saw how far that went. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah, that's, that. yeah, it's not the first sitcom to, to wrestle with that demon. And mm. from what I, from what I had seen, it sounds like they wanted to end it at the seventh season. And Fox was like, Oh, we'll give you one more season. And they were like, well, we like money. And Topher yeah. Grace was like, well, I want movie money, so he left. And yeah. the rest I'm of- a big star. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, his yeah, very is- successful Spider-Man career. Right, right. Oh, I was going to look at the timing on that. It is funny to watch this, though, now and realize, like, you know, Topher Grace, Aston Kutcher, and Mila Kunis, I mean, all turned into pretty bankable yeah, stars. That's right. what I know. Right. One of my notes is almost the entire cast did pretty well for themselves now. Yeah. Except the ones I that are dead. Sh- yeah. Or the ones that are yeah. going to prison. But yeah, cool. that too. <laughs> oh, I hope so. That'd be nice. We'll get there. No, it's... He already... Well, Danny Masterson, yes. I believe, has pleaded guilty to really? four counts of rape. Yeah, Scientology yeah. stopped protecting him? or I, I don't know. Or Scientology couldn't stop the government i guess i don't, I don't know, know. they're pretty good at it <laughs> i know well they did for money but you know i guess at some point you give up the ghost i mean how much money is danny matherson worth to you if you're scientology right. yeah well, that's also true <laughs> but uh but i felt like most but then i heard topher grace is kind of a douche too so maybe this was like a horde cast to be around but i <laughs> but even like Vilmer Valderrama. Valderrama. Yeah. No. He's somebody. You know, I feel like they've all, like, done all right. He was really somebody for, like, a hot minute. You remember when, like, Mm -hmm. Lindsay Lohan was scratching people's eyes out for him? And then I don't remember anything else that's happened to him. (laughs) Yeah, and I I, I don't think I gave Laura Prepon her due. She's been in a bunch. I mean, she's made a career for herself. I like her a lot as the lesbian in prison. Yeah, she was Orange is the New Black. I mean, like, mm-hmm. 80-some episodes of that. So, I mean, she's great. She's another one that spun spun mm-hmm. out of this and managed to make a career out of it. Frankly, Topher Grace probably is in the uh-huh. worst shape of everyone that went on to survive, <laughs> that went on to do things that weren't go to jail. <laughs> after, uh, <laughs> after Danny Masterson was, yeah, he was doing all right until, you know, his past caught up to him. But. Yeah. Oh, well. 
Uh, anyways, was there anything more, Austin? Or? No, that's about it. Yeah. Carolyn? Um, for some reason, I definitely watched this show. I think it hit <laughs> when I had nothing going on, right? Like, much television. I was, you know, what, an early teen, mm-hmm. late adolescent or something. And um, I liked it. I liked it okay. I think I watched it a lot more than I liked it. it was, <laughs> it's pretty comfortable, you know. They've got that... They've got that whole 70s vibe, which at the time was interesting. Uh, David, I was wondering if you chose this because there was, like, an irritating meme lately that said that, like, we're as far away from the 90s now as this was from the 70s when it came out or something. (laughs) Really irritating. I'm not even going to check if that's it, but it's, like... Infuriating, yeah. infuriating. Well, the one that you could, they could create a that '90s show, and yes. that would be, uh, the and one that I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one that I saw that that freaked me out and made like me feel it. old was <laughs> that um, we we are further from the premiere of Wonder Years than Wonder Years was from the mid sixties that it took place in. Mm. It's like the very first episode of wonder years that debuted in like 1988 was set in, you know, mid sixties. And we are now further from when the wonder years launched than the wonder years was from its time period. That makes Uh, me feel old. Every day we stray further from God and Fred Savage. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it's so so scary and we don't make progress. I'm really, (laughs) <laughs> I'm sick of that, and I don't like the styles that have happened, but the 70s is good, because it's got a lot of brown and orange and yellow, and I definitely watched this. It's definitely there. It's fun to see the actors grow up, or uh, Topher Grace just stay exactly the same weird little <laughs> baby man. <laughs> Wilmer, though, did steroids or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, know. I, I yeah. had that in my notes. He's, yeah. he's, he's <laughs> popping out of his shirts these days. He's a little episode. college year, isn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the show is always pretty good. I never loved it, but I certainly liked it. And it's uh, got a lot going for it. I didn't stay with it till the bitter end. I think I checked in on it or whatever. And uh, in the same spirit as I watched the premiere of this, I also watched the premiere of that 80s show, which we'll probably never talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I will say I did also watch the premiere of that 80 or High five, that David. 80 show. And I don't think I watched another episode, which probably <laughs> said something. But, uh, I think that's a very American experience. Yeah. <laughs> if that, yeah. Uh, yeah, so for me, like, this isn't, like, a very important show for me or anything. I didn't pick it because, like, I love it. But I did watch it a lot when it first came out because it was in the block of TV when I was watching TV. And then I did kind of uh drop off from it when before these like last few seasons so i knew of some of the comings and goings and then i feel like this show just happened to be on some cable network during like in syndication during a time when i'm just was available to watch tv and so i feel like i watched a lot of this in syndication too which kind of caught me up on some of the stuff that happened late and uh, yeah, I mean, so I watched it, so I meant I liked it, but it's never like I never loved it. Yeah, I guess that's where <laughs> kind of where we ended up. I also so this episode ends with them going into 1980, like it's New Year's Eve going to 1980, which is fitting for the show. Mm-hmm. But it's also a little weird because I know in the first season they did the uh, Star Wars episode where they all went to see Star Wars, right? So this is like. Eight seasons in three years, then? Is that what we're <laughs> oh, yeah, that's some squiggy math. 
<laughs> and I don't, I, yeah, and I wasn't keeping track of, like, summer breaks or anything, but, yeah, the mat, like, I was like, this doesn't add up. And it I seemed mean, very, it seemed really weird that they set the first season in 77 and call it that 70s show, because you'd think they'd want to go a lot, like, at least, yeah. like, four or five seasons. They're like, well, we're three seasons and we're out. <laughs> but they probably wanted to cash in on Star Wars, right? Like, so they were. Yeah. <laughs> They probably didn't count on Pendantic Nerds podcasting later and like putting <laughs> yeah, it to them. That's where um, that's where I'll give uh, uh, the Goldbergs credit, which is a show that's set in the '80s and does the same kind of thing that that's that '70s show does, and what that mm-hmm. '80s show tried to do but didn't manage to pull off, Ooh. and just sort of you know traffic in in '80s nostalgia and, and whatnot, and you know do lazy jokes about '80s trends and things like that. But the conceit of the Goldbergs is that it's the main character as it's kind of like the Wonder Years, like the main character as an adult narrating the story. But he admits that he doesn't remember all of the details in like perfectly what happened when, in what order and in what year. And like each episode starts with it was 1980 something and I was doing the blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And so that gives them the freedom to you know, in the first season, do something that maybe came out in 88 and then four seasons later reference something that maybe happened in 83 yeah. and sidestep the high points of the 80s without having to have the, chrono- the, the chronology. Up, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm sure I mean, that 70 show, these kids are I mean, they're off in college at this point, I think. Well, or Donna's only going, one yeah, of them. they definitely are out of high school. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like even if you assume that they were in, I mean, they would have had to have been like sophomores or juniors in 77 mm-hmm. to already be where they are now. And I don't know. Yeah. It's the math, I don't think the math completely works out, but I. I don't know. You'd have to. I'd actually have to study every episode to then like. Uh, you didn't do that, David. Figure out. Yeah, I know. Shockingly, I will Shock. say. Uh, so when I was looking up these like New Year's Eve uh, episode articles, like one of them was like th- was mentioning this episode on like the iconic series ends with the New Year's on 1980s. I'm like, was the series iconic? Like it lasted a long time, but I feel like it's cultural footprint is pretty small but maybe that's most sitcoms so i don't know yeah i mean like we said the cast has gone on to do several things Mm -hmm. so that's notable and maybe it's iconic just because nothing's better has happened (laughs) because progress (laughs) is stymied (laughs) maybe i i will say i feel like this is one of the first shows to really normalize weed yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's without really doing a deep dive into marijuana use on tv which we should do (laughs) (laughs) but i guess we can get into the show so we got the cold open and it's in the foreman's basement even though eric's not there but i think this all checks out because hyde is living there at this point i believe i do like all the ways that they like force all the remaining characters together (laughs) yeah exactly they just force them to hang out in i feel like we could do Uh uh we could do an episode or something on that, like TV shows that hang on to a notable setting even after the yes. character responsible for it has moved on. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, my go-to is always the fact that everyone lived in the Walsh house years after all the Walshes left on 90210. 
so we have uh let's see where now i just lost my place already maybe i was smoking some weed uh, <laughs> i wish uh donna yeah what we're learning is donna's planning to move to college and fez and jackie <laughs> are together Weird. even though fez is kind of the urkel of the series and was kind yes. of sexually harassing jackie but yet still i guess it's nice that they end up together or so they say another urkel win that was my that was my first like wait Jackie and Fez got together and then was like oh this is like some Urkel Laura shit going on here but I'm also trying to figure out if Fez is a racist character or not and that's yeah and is he racist and against what race he's kind of like an Urkel slash Balky type well yeah he's definitely like a Balky type where they it's a running gag that you never actually know what country he's from oh that is a good gag or is it. It's it just so it's like maybe not racist but xenophobic, and then his name mm. is Fez, which stands for foreign exchange student. Ooh, so that's he not never good. actually gets named in this series, which just seems kind of <laughs> shitty, right? Right. Yeah. And it was shitty, like it was shitty when he was just like the weird creepo, but then it's like yeah. a different kind of shitty now that he's dating Jackie, and it's like wait, she doesn't <laughs> even know her boyfriend. Like she isn't even calling her yeah, boyfriend by his actual name she's calling him mm-hmm. by his weird sobriquet like it's just bizarre and he has an yeah. actual acronym name like alf that's pretty harsh right yeah i know right i didn't know although that. i think the the credits have f-e-z even though it'd be should be f-e-s but that's what always confused me when i first heard that they were like oh it's an acronym for foreign exchange student i'm like yeah but it's fez Mm-hmm. Z and it says that in the credits. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I guess I want to say that, like, I think I have to give him credit for the '70s show credit for having several iconic shots. Like you were saying, David, we're normalizing mm-hmm. weed here, and it is really yeah. immersive. That sensation and the camera movement they use, where they pan circle to circle to circle in a weed smoking time yeah. in that brown brown basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's where the scene goes to because you know Hyde wants to do something epic for New Year's, which is then just them smoking like they always do in a circle. <laughs> but that that is kind of an iconic scene from that 70s show. There's a smoke circle that they do. And, and bold at the time. Now it looks yeah. really yeah. normal, but they're the first ones. <laughs> yeah, they really were. I mean, to the point where a lot of people just, they were able to get away with it because a lot of people didn't realize that's what they were doing. Hmm. Like, really? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm fairly certain that like sensors and and things like that had no idea that 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 was a a um um subtle illusion as far as like old people were concerned Mm, yeah maybe i may i could be wrong but i feel like they got away with it for a while because old people didn't know that that's what was going on yeah and then they could because i know there are times when he like gets caught being high and uh right right they bake brownies and kitty eats the brownies and uh so then we go to the opening credits but although our recording didn't really have them so <laughs> we just get uh eric saying hello wisconsin because they keep that in even though he wasn't on the show anymore right i wonder if that's just our recording or if they cut it for time yeah yeah, yeah i don't know because they put the old, like the original first season long credits at the very end of this episode. Right. Yeah. And they they did have credits in this season. I know that where they had everybody because 
And I think in this one, instead of them all being in a car, it's the weed circle Ooh. or the smoke circle that oh, they just go through okay. for everybody as they're singing the song, hanging out. Uh, and then it ends on Tommy Chong, and that's when Eric says, hello, Wisconsin, and then he looks up in the sky like he's hearing voices. So that's, uh, and now I already have outed myself for knowing way too much about <laughs> <laughs> So then we, the first scene is in the kitchen and Kitty is getting drunk because that becomes a late uh, series thing about her. She's always drinking and she's drinking because she doesn't want to move to Florida. And uh, that's setting up their little story. And I guess I kind of forgot that they were moving to Florida, but we got a nice refresher. I can, I can sympathize. Yeah, I wouldn't mind moving. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are Midwestern, and Wisconsin yeah. is Midwestern. And, mm-hmm. you know, I sometimes look at your real estate prices. There's some good <laughs> shit going on there. But yeah, then I that, think about the true. winter, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ on a cross. Like, it rains here, mm-hmm. and it's dreary, but y'all have to, like, fight the cold. And then moving to Florida has the terrible summer. So no matter where you go, you're giving something up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, was... I'll concede, David, that you may very well want to move to warmer climes. I just yeah. think there's better places for you to go than America's swampy Wang. <laughs> no, yeah, don't go to the Wang, David. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're right. Yeah, warmer climate maybe, but not, not Florida. I don't know. It's <laughs> there's no perfect spot except maybe Hawaii, but then property. <laughs> then you just go underwater uh, property. soon. So. <laughs> the price of property there is sky Oof. high, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, that's Hyde talking with Kitty, and she he learns that Kitty doesn't want to move to Florida. She wants to stay in Wisconsin. And then Red comes in and gives Hyde a check of all the rent Hyde has paid because he was actually just keeping it to give it to him some point because that's nice, I guess. And then, uh, then they reminisce about all the time Red said he wanted to put a foot up people's ass. It's going to be strange selling the house. It's true. Plenty of warm memories. You morons just hung vacancy signs on your asses, and my foot's looking for a room. You know, I ought to vandalize your ass with my foot. Sleep tight, and don't let the bed bugs put their foot in your ass. How'd you like to own a little bit of my foot in your ass? How about I drive my foot into this thing called your ass? You know, we could call in a specialist to find my foot in your ass. My foot is about to drill a hole in your ass. And you are about to read a book that my foot wrote. It's called On the Road to In Your Ass. Yeah, I have this under hot ass montage. <laughs> I like, uh, I, I applaud this episode's half acidry and how it was like, we're going to kind of be a clip show and we're going to kind of be a normal episode of the show and just sort of do a little bit of both. 
You know, I just have it. I just got an image in my head, and you know that uh, the meme with the uh, Predator movie handshake between like Carl yeah. Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't uh, know it came from Predator, but I do know that hand in hand. Wasn't yep. it Predator? Right? It is. No, it's I Predator. Think, yeah, it's not yeah, over yeah, the yeah. top. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah, Schwarzenegger yeah. wasn't in over the top. That was slow. I don't know. Yeah, Schwarzenegger. I just know the hands. And, and, yeah. And so for me, it's on one side foot fetish. The other side, ass fetish. Mm. And then in the middle, Red Foreman, right? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. It's it's funny what passed for running gags in this show. Because yeah. watching it, their little clip reels, it's just it, a lot of it turns into a psychosexual nightmare in this episode. <laughs> the first big instance of that. Yeah. This whole uh, Hyde rent thing. This is... Hyde became... Was one of those in the grand sitcom tradition of the like uh, errant or goofy best friend that kind yeah. of gets pseudo adopted by the main character's parents. Yeah. Kind of, you know, your Leo DiCaprio type. Yeah. Cause he mm-hmm. wasn't always living there. Correct. In some capacity, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. He, he, I'm trying to think if he lived with his father, I think, yeah, he had parents. And then what? something happened where his father like left, and then he had nowhere to go, and then ends up moving in with them in some capacity. I forget. Well, I was trying to think because then uh, Luke Wilson was in this. Oh, really? Show for a while, but I think Somebody. he was Kelso's brother. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, they had like so. an Eric replacement. Somebody kind of forgettable. Well, no, yeah. There's also the Eric replacement. Well, we'll get to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shortly. <laughs> Uh, so ne- uh, next, uh, after we talk about foots and asses, uh, Extensively. we go to, to the like apartment where Fez and Jackie are living, and they want to kiss each other, but it's too weird because they're like friends. I guess I had a hard time wrapping my head around this. And that's pretty much it. So the place they're living, I know Fez and Kelso lived together. Then Kelso left for Chicago. So Fez needed somebody to move in. So Jackie did. And then they fell for each other. And that's and now it's like they have or so much history. Kissing is weird. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like they're sympathizing with the audience when they don't want to kiss. Because I don't right? want them to kiss. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone was ever, like, rooting for them to get together. Right? And, like, I guess I could buy, ja- like, Jackie having a heart, because it's like, oh, I have feelings for my stalker now, and yeah, I can't, I like, I have feelings for him, but it's still kind of weird, but if I was Fez, I'd be like, I mean, this is what he's wanted the whole fucking run of the show, why is this so hard? But, I mean, it's very obvious that it's just because he packed on, like, 50 pounds of muscle that she's wants him now right right well maybe that's he's worried about things going too far and not being able to perform because all the roids have shriveled up as dingleberries <laughs> dingleberries is one of the worst words for testicles i've ever heard Austin. good job good job uh, is that it we're done we're not gonna talk dingleberries that- no, done. Like, people say like try to scare people by like steroids makes your testicles shrink but you know when you're talking about proportion it just makes something else look larger so i mean is that really the uh... yeah ladies love a petite set really sets off the hog yeah right. exactly yeah. <laughs> just doesn't detract attention from <laughs> uh so yeah. then in the next scene, Hyde shows up at the kitchen and he gives Kitty Packer season tickets that he used the money that 
Red gave him to buy to keep Red in Wisconsin, which is all nice, but I don't know. This feels like it's not exactly Gift of the Magi, but it seems like <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Well, it's like Red kept this money for him, and now he's just like giving it back to Red. So I don't whatever. But, uh, right. I think we were supposed to be touched when Hyde got the rent, and they guess so. But maybe if your parents never did that for you, then whatever. But I don't know. It's fine. It's fine because Hyde's probably, you know, he was talking about I'm going to buy a big bag of marshmallows, but he meant weed. Mm-hmm. So like, and Hyde is a orphaned child man or whatever, so he probably is like needs money. But then does he need Red to stay? In Wisconsin more, so we can just be their basement creep for forever. I guess that's <laughs> worth it to him. <laughs> and also, Randy's in the kitchen as well. So Yeah, this is where I wrote, who the fuck is this haircut? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him, and I watched this fucking so, twice. So, so okay. this, like, Robert Daltrey lookalike is... Uh, <laughs> so, Topher Grace left the show last season, right? Right. So they decided they had an opening and they needed to replace him. So they just got this guy. And I guess to their credit, it's not like he's exactly a Topher Grace like right. lookalike. Like right. they weren't just doing a one for one swap or anything. But I think the story was at some point they needed to redo Eric's room to make it something else because he's not there anymore. And so they hired like this handyman. And this is the handyman. And, of course, he's, like, super good-looking and buff. So then Donna kind of falls for him. But then she's still with Eric at the time because they're doing, like, a long-distance thing. Because I guess you might not know what they kind of mentioned it. Eric, like, at the end of the last season, Eric just kind of leaves for Africa suddenly. Kind of, like, ditches Donna because I think he's panicking over... uh, They're engaged, and so I think he has, like, a panic and gets cold feet and basically moves to Africa to, like, teach school children, like, teach English or something. Thus joining the proud tradition of sitcom characters who whose actors decide to move on to better things, and so their characters flee to Africa. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure didn't know it wasn't Noah Wiley in Africa. Uh, yeah, he might have been oh, somewhere. There's our ER callback. We have another <laughs> one, too, if we want to talk about RoboCop coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, like, at the beginning of this season, I know, like, Donna is waiting for his phone call, but he never calls, but he's actually secretly calling, but only talking to his mother because he's like a super dick. And all that just makes me be like, I don't even want them to be together anymore. If Eric's just going to be this much of an asshole. And of course, well, right. we'll see where that goes. But uh, <laughs> uh, so then eventually they break up and then I think she has a thing with this guy, but then I don't think it goes very far because, well, you can see how much investment they put in this character because this is the final episode and this is the only <laughs> scene he's in, but uh, yeah. he gets like one line and then they're like, all right, I guess he, you got your paycheck. So now get the hell out of I here. was like, who is this guy? And so then I had the, the crack <laughs> research team look into it and I figured out that he was like the Eric replacement. And I was like, wait, so they brought him in to replace Topher Grace. And by the time they hit the season finale of his season, he gets one line and then <laughs> and like of no consequence whatsoever. Yes. And that's that. Like, clearly yeah. he was a hit. <laughs> I'm really serious that I didn't notice him. I'm, I'm really serious. I wasn't even like smoking weed or drinking sober as a judge. I, what was his line? And I really did watch this episode twice for behind the scene reasons. 
<laughs> for for reasons for somebody's fault who totally definitely wasn't either of you, but somebody else was responsible for why you two had to watch it. Some so. goofball thought he was too good for the show, went away to Africa, had to get roped the heck yeah, back exactly. just to wrap it up. I, I split for it? Africa suddenly. Uh, I feel like his line was just some what dumb innocuous comment so about his line was. So, was he in the rest of the shots, or did he just show up and no others? Well, okay. First of all, we got to point out the ridiculousness that this is basically like some random like two week fling with Donna, who's now like hanging out at the foreman's in their kitchen, just randomly yes. uh, grabbing himself like, an orange soda without anybody <laughs> objecting. Uh, the handyman just comes back to the kitchen because they have that soda he yeah, likes. Exactly. That's part yeah. of his deal is like lifelong fridge <laughs> yeah. access. <laughs> That's a good deal. So, That's a good deal. <laughs> Hyde comes in, gives uh, Kitty the Packer tickets to give to Red to keep him to to make him stay in Wisconsin. <laughs> and then Randy says, "Yeah, my grandfather was on that list for thirty years. When the tickets finally came, he was ninety years old. He ate them." <laughs> okay, I remember that. He ate them because he was senile. Which then begs the question. Yeah. If you have to get on a waiting list to get the Packer tickets, how did Hyde get them? And yes, why could like, Red get them? This is my problem with the whole season <laughs> ticket, Michigas. Is like they establish right there that it's not that Red doesn't have the money for them. Mm-hmm. It's that he's on a wait list and can't get them. But then Hyde just rolls up with his thick wad of anti-rent money and manages to buy, like, <laughs> I just, I don't understand what the, how that gets past the waiting list. If, I, if I'm being generous, maybe Red's on the waiting list for cheap Packer tickets and these are expensive ones right. that I guess you don't maybe. need them, but maybe. I don't love that. But secondly, I'm, I'd have to look it up and I'm not going there, but, uh... <laughs> I don't think Packer tickets were that hard to come by back in like the 1980, like around 1980. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, there's a Packer mystique much... now that like the fans were always rabid and just filling up that stadium, and that just was not true in the 80s. And I right, they, right. they were a bad football team for a while, and we don't have to talk sports about what happened, but <laughs> we don't. No, have that's to a good point. It. That's it is. It's very much the like when the show was written. Mentality, mm-hmm. yeah, about yeah. The Packers being applied to the setting of the of, of the show. like the seventy nines when it probably wasn't that tough to get season tickets, but you know maybe I'm maybe it was still a tail end when they were still there. But I know in the by the mid eighties you could get them pretty easily. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to dive too deep into Packer stuff because that's just silly. <laughs> that way lies madness. <laughs> uh, Guess they weren't packing them in. That's all. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's the end of Randy for this series. So Bye, <laughs> series finale. What oh, an art Randy, we guy. hardly knew ye. <laughs> Get that soda, Randy. You use that lifelong <laughs> fridge access. <laughs> I didn't even look. Did you? Did the crack research staff look into if he was in anything since then? Uh, After we talked about I, how great this <laughs> casting was and... <laughs> I don't think that he was. Oh, that's an ending for his whole career, is this line. I mean, when you look him up on IMDb, that 70s show is one of his known fours. Yeah. As is Date Movie, (laughs) which was one of those... uh, 
weak sauce, scary movie parodies of other movie genre things. Yeah. He, he appears to have played the Napoleon Dynamite pastiche in Date Movie. Oh, that's pretty sad for, like, a supposedly hot guy. Yeah, so he's like a poor man's Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> that's really poor. Yeah, I mean, he's not... It's not... Like, I'm trying to think of the right term, and I can't, but uh, he's in stuff. It's just very much yeah. like... He's like one episode of things, so at least he's yeah, he's got work, I guess. You know? He came. It looks like he came up through Mad TV. No. Uh... No, yeah, he was. He was various. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big ball. Mm. Uh, all right. Oh, he is the younger brother of Seth Meyers. That's right. He's like an off-brand Myers, right? Yeah. He's an he's a he's he's a poor man's Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> and a poor man's Seth Myers. <laughs> but how poor is he, Austin? In every contract for every show he's ever had, he has lifelong fridge privileges. So he's just gone <laughs> from Mad TV to the scary movie franchise, just getting them orange soda. Yep. Yep. Next scene is the water tower, which is a place they've frequented in the past. And uh, Hyde and Fez are just up there, and they just reminisce about all the times people have fallen off said water tower. This was crazy. Another was... another pseudo clip package. It was think... like a murder montage. I can't see anybody <laughs> falling off a water tower and fucking. I living. think they literally did kill one character by having them <gasps> fall off a water tower in one of the seasons. <laughs> was it Seth Meyers' brother? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because we just saw him, but maybe he died later. But I, I yeah, maybe I'm making that part up, but I kind of remember something where they had, like... I would give them credit if they if they made that stick. Some, like, secondary character with them up there once, and he fell off, and then they laughed, and then they realized, like, he didn't make it or something, which is pretty morbid, though, so I don't know. But, That's uh, pretty good. <laughs> after they reminisce, guess who shows up? It's superstar Ashton Kutcher. Wow. Fresh off, I don't know what he was doing at this point. Is this post punked? Yeah, he's probably doing punked. And uh, is he a superstar anymore, though? What does he do these days? I don't know. Well, he did Jobs, right? Yeah, the Steve Jobs movie, and then yeah, that's kind of the last yeah. thing I've heard about besides like charity work. He would know, I guess. Mila Kunis is probably the most successful of these. And then he yeah, definitely I... had a premiere movie or two. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because she's got. She was in the two Ted movies, and she was obviously not, like, the star of them or anything, mm-hmm. but those did pretty well for themselves. She's got the Bad Moms franchise, oh, which, is, which is, I think, a kind of a moneymaker. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the Family Guy gig. Um, she was in Black Swan, which was kind of That's, a little yeah. prestige kind of thing. Yes. So, I mean, she's not, like, you know, a super, super star or anything, but she's done pretty well for herself. Sarah Marshall, too. She was good in that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I know about her is when she started this show, I think she was, like, 16 or maybe even younger. She was, like, yeah, super young. And she like she lied 14. about her age to get on the show, so I guess that worked out for her in the end. And also, wasn't she, um, I forget if I get this wrong, but wasn't she, like, Russian or she didn't speak English yet? Yes, she had she to learn was. it phonetically for this series? <laughs> I don't know about that. She definitely mm-hmm. was... Uh, from Russia. I don't know. Maybe she didn't even speak English when she started. That'd be pretty impressive, right? But, yeah, yeah, that is definitely impressive. Good for her. She yeah. 
She doesn't even seem un-American. She's got a great grasp of the language. Mm-hmm. So if I had to guess, just based on timelines and schedules and whatnot, I would say that Ashton Kutcher left that 70s show either to do Guess Who, which was the Bernie Mac... Guess yeah. Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah, yeah. Reverse Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Reverse Guess Who's Coming mm-hmm. to Dinner. Or The Guardian which was the Coast Guard movie with Kevin Costner. I do not remember that. <laughs> Where, like, Ashton Kusher was the, the, the young, hotshot Coast Guard recruit, and Kevin Costner was the grizzled veteran that was going to show him the ropes, and along the way they'd develop grudging respect for one another. I, I didn't see it, but I just assume that's how it goes. <laughs> you sold me, Austin. I figured you liked it. It reminded me of that. You had me convinced that that's the exact plot, and it could be nothing like that, right? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure that that's a high school <laughs> swim champion with a troubled past and rolls the U.S. Coast Guard's A school where legendary rescue swimmer Ben Randall teaches him some hard ben lessons Randall. about lost love and self-sacrifice that sounds like that other boat cop movie you made me watch it was pretty good striking distance <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a great movie, what movie? you loved it it was pretty good it really um, sold it to me so yeah i think those are the two that he left it was probably the the costner coast guard one that he left to do yeah i mean i think it's just um, once you start getting movies you're like yeah. Just going to leave yeah. in general just to focus on. But he went through, you know, he went through his rom-com phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was in like 85 of the 160 Catherine Heigl movies that were out there. <laughs> um, and then he went back to TV to to yeah. replace Charlie Sheen on uh And he probably got two and a, a lot of men. money for that at least. But, yeah. He was on like 80 fucking episodes of that show. That's mm-hmm. insane. Oh, yeah. Man, I've only seen, like... I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of that show. Right, I don't, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he comes up, and they kind of joke around, and then they convince him to jump off the water tower. That's the gag. Hey, guys, I just thought of the perfect way to put the 70s to bed. What do you say the three of us jump off this thing one last time together? You're reading my freaking mind! (laughs) All right, you guys ready? Okay, one, two, wait, wait. I know how this works. You're gonna say three, and I'm gonna be the only one that jumps. Well, if it makes you feel any better, why don't you do the counting? Yeah, that way we all have to jump. All right, here we go. One, two, three! Because he's dumb. Hey, yeah. so you ready for another one of Austin's uh, TV pet peeves? Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, so it always drives me nuts in shows set in California how bundled up everybody is in the winter. Because <laughs> I'm like, mm. it's California, you morons. It's like 60 to 70 degrees out. You don't need to wear a big winter coat and scarf. Um, my years of 902 and 0 watching helped foster this disdain in me um here we get the reverse which is it's new year's eve in wisconsin and these guys are in like light jackets i'm like i know for a fact how cold it is on new year's (laughs) eve in wisconsin and you need a warmer coat than that yeah there's no snow on the ground 
and I'm willing, I can let Hi. that go. Like there isn't all you know. You don't always have snow on the ground in New Year's, but it's always cold. It's cold enough for a warmer coat. But yeah, but at the same time, I feel like there's some green on the trees too, though. I, I guess I'd have to look. Yeah, back. that's true. There shouldn't be any leaves, like any green leaves on any of those trees. And yeah, you're not walking around in just a single puffer vest, right? <laughs> right. Right. You're getting a full-on winter Even coat. Even me, you're right. I have a I have a high tolerance for the cold, <laughs> but when it's New Year's Eve, I got a winter coat on. It's yeah, cold. I know. <laughs> yeah, I forget. It. I mean, I think about that sometimes, and sometimes I forget. And then you're right, especially at, when when there's a specific time of year. You're like, you're gonna be dead ass cold, but whatever. I guess there's like boiling blood in the water tank, and it keeps them warm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because speaking of that. Now they're still outside and just kind of like uh, long sleeve shirts, and it's uh, Kitty, Donna, and Hyde in the driveway waiting for Eric to come home. Uh, Red comes driving in, and they think he has Eric, but they does not because Red complains about Eric missing his flight. And my only thought was, if Eric misses his flight, how does he communicate that to anybody? Like theoretically, Red was. As he talked about driving around the airport waiting for him, and I'm like, did Red just assume he missed his flight, or like, had, who was communicated to and how was my question. That's right in 1979. Right. Yeah. How did Red know that he missed his flight? If Red went to the airport, expect like, if Eric missed his flight and he got on a payphone and he called home and was like, "I missed my flight," that would be one thing. Mm-hmm. But Red clearly went to the airport expecting him to be there. And then he just never showed up, and yet somehow knows that he missed his flight. Yeah. I don't know. I guess there's no cell phones, definitely. So he could have, like, called from the airport phone to a Maybe. different airport's phone, and Red like, could have could picked you, up could a you phone do that, that could was you ringing. call people and be like, hello, airport <laughs> employee, my dad's driving around in this car, can you wave him down and tell him I missed my flight? Yeah, it looks be... like the bad guy in RoboCop. Find him. <laughs> <laughs> Clarence Bodiger is driving around your airport right now. Please find him. And to be fair, I'm sure people in the 70s miss flights, and I'm just now course, wondering, like, what, what was the process for this? Or was it, did you always wait till they got in, then they call, then you go pick them up, because that's the only way you can guarantee they'll be there? I don't know. It's just... Uh, so then... Donna is pissed at Eric and talks about how selfish he is and then leaves. And I've already noted how much of an asshole I think he is, but I felt like she's being a little unfair at that point, right? <laughs> I know. I guess, like, he missed his flight. He missed his flight. That's not it, That's not necessarily his fault. But I do like how all the characters are just like, where's Poochie and Eric? <laughs> because that's how the whole last season has felt, right? If you watched it, I would think. Mm. I mean, spoiler alert, he shows up in, <gasps> in the last scene. But Which, I kind of would have loved it if he hadn't in this episode. Yeah. Like, they spent this whole episode being like, where's Eric? And he just never shows. I believe his appearance was a surprise. Like, they didn't advertise it when it was the finale. And then he shows up and it was kind of right. like a thing. And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he came back. Pretty effective tease. When's he going to Topher grace us with his presence? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh. So then we go to the foreman's basement again, and Kelso talks about his kid. I don't know if you guys knew that. The editor, I uh, yeah. didn't. Yeah. I only heard him talk about Playboy. Oh, yeah, okay. I had a I had a note about that. Wait, Kelso has a kid. What yeah, now? so he had sex with a woman at a concert in the bathroom, <laughs> and she showed up like with kid in hand. So this all happened like uh, this was kind of mm. retconned 
because she just shows up and she was somebody famous oh was it american pie gal what's her name uh tara reed tara reed alice hannigan mina savari no uh, shannon elizabeth was that her name or was it oh yeah oh yeah with the boobs (laughs) i would have gotten there eventually (laughs) she's in i think it was her who was the mother of the child okay okay and then she ends up moving to Chicago, and then I think that's why Kelso moves. I forget his whole, like, because he ends up trying to be a cop for a while, but I think he screws that up, and then he, like, moves to Chicago, and I forget the whole chain of events. But, uh, but so I think he moves to Chicago to be with the kid, and then, uh, that's what he's talking about there, and I think they just have to pay lip service to the fact that he has a kid. Right, right. Yeah. And then, yeah, I guess he got a job at security at the Playboy Club, so that's something. And then... Really, this is all just a long way of talking about the fact that Hyde was married to a stripper, which I vaguely remember, but she's Also gone. made a note about that. <laughs> I think that was the episode, it was a season finale that ended with two marriages, and it was, I think Hyde ended up getting married to the stripper just because he was, like, going through things, I guess, and <laughs> Fez married uh, Lori, the sister of Eric, or the foreman's daughter. Oh. And that was all just to get a green card, but of course it also gave Red a heart attack, I believe, so I don't know. Wow, complicated. If I'm remembering things correctly, but I could be conflating a few things in there. And then. This all this all becomes just about Kelso talking about banging Hyde's wife. Or right, and and so Kelso, first of all, he like took off his puffer vest from the chilly, chilly <laughs> outdoors yeah, 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 Wisconsin yeah. <laughs> in the winter. And so now he's wearing like a mock turtleneck and jeans. He's foreshad- foreshadowing his Steve Jobs movie. <laughs> he did, he did look true. very Jobsy in at that point. <laughs> he has a Jobs finale. And um, my spouse read the uh, the biography, a biography on Steve Jobs, and we always call him Old Toilet Foot. Because did you guys know that he had a thing where he's like would run into people's houses after biking or walking barefoot, and then like wash his feet in their toilet? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it was like before he started only eating fruit and vegetables, and then he died. Yeah, Old Toilet Foot. I was sad that wasn't in the movie starring Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, then they do this other psychosexual nightmare montage. David, what is it? <laughs> uh, it's Hyde punching Kelso over and over again in the arm, I believe. It and, like, Kelso really likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, he does. Why? <laughs> hey, I don't, mean, don't pink that. shame, Carolyn. Some people mm-hmm. are into that. <laughs> yeah, because at the end, like, Kelso gets one more burn in, and then he, like, tries to jump over the couch, but then... Hyde just trips him as he's going over the couch and kind of falls flat on his face. And I think it's just real, right? That's just real physical comedy. It was, it was a pretty good pratfall. Yeah. And, and then I'm not above enjoying a good, well-executed pratfall. And then Kelso's just excited because one of his teeth are loose now. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. definitely a thing for him, right? What? Remember that time he shot me with a BB gun? I still have the BB stuck underneath my skin. I like to play with it sometimes when I get bored. Just like I would have done with your wife. Awesome, my tooth is loose. So weird. Very creepy. I'm like, were these jokes in the 70s or the 90s? I don't know. Speaking of creepy, Fez and Jackie are on top of the water tower now. And I guess we should have noted before that there was like graffiti that said Michael and Jackie forever. Because that's Kelso's Michael. And then, uh... 
So Fez didn't like that, so he tried to be romantic by spray-painting his name over Michael, but of course he does it over Jackie instead. Ha ha ha. But then he was just uh, saying, no, he was just trying to be nice because he loves her, and then they kiss, and they, I guess it's supposed to be sweet, so, you know, I don't know. I can't to be, tell. But it's not. <laughs> and, and uh, oh, I guess I should say that they are all acting weird about this being their first kiss, but I do remember that this is, in fact, not their first kiss. Oh, shit, you have watched a lot of this show, I don't know David. why I remember. Maybe... <laughs> I've watched too much of the show. I guess I don't know why I remember this, but it just came to me suddenly. It was like because I remember there's an episode that they're at the movie theater, and I think there's some sort of mix-up, and then Jackie tries to kiss Kelso but accidentally kisses Fez, mm. and it's like a real kiss because later she talks about how it actually wasn't as bad as you'd think because he can roll his R's and he basically did that inside her mouth. So you know that's a wow. That's a big kiss. <laughs> yeah. To have. In the theater. And as far as their kiss right here, like, it was weird. I don't know if I liked it. Pretty sure I didn't. And I couldn't tell if we were even supposed to think it's hot. Because there's no woos. (laughs) There were no woos. Are we supposed to know what to feel about these things? Yeah, we do. I don't know what to feel. Uh, So now we go back to the foreman's kitchen, and Red is all talking excitedly about Florida. Then Kitty shows him the tickets, but he's like, I guess I have to sell them because we're moving to Florida. But she says she wants to stay there. And he's like, wherever you are is where I'll be happy. And it's supposed to be nice and sweet. And I was like, oh, is this why this episode's very special? Because Clarence Bonnegar <laughs> is showing emotion. <laughs> no, there's no reason. <laughs> I did like how they like dispatch this plot pretty quickly and Kitty was like hinting and then she just says and then they just say it's like oh good maybe you fucking should talk to each other you couple has been married for 40 years <laughs> but how would how would sitcoms have plots if people communicated effectively uh, with exactly. one exactly <laughs> or if people didn't just hang out at the set pieces that were originally created for them despite them thanks for the soda Mr. Foreman <laughs> Great chips, guys. <laughs> or, like, the next scene, which is their New Year's party, which is one of your typical teens and parents drinking together at a New Year's <laughs> There's, there is There is nothing that fresh out of high school 20-somethings want to do more on New Year's Eve than hang out with their friend who's off in Africa's parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and adult, their adult friends. Like. And their adult friends, yes. yeah. I remember from the early series that I did watch, like, they would have the teens, one of their plots was a mission to go upstairs and steal some parents' beer. Yeah, when but I guess now that they are still 30 and hang out with the parents that they can just drink up. No, I mean there's there's totally a <laughs> there's like a bookend to it where yeah, you're young like enough to like be hanging out with your friends while your parents are hanging out and having a party. Mm-hmm. And then you get old enough, you start having kids, and now suddenly it's like you're hanging out with your parents just because it's like you're old too. But in the <laughs> middle there, yeah. you want nothing to do with when those you're parents. A teenager, I don't know how old they might be nineteen twenty, but yeah, they're just a. Uh... You're, you're not having your party with your parents, right? Right, right. And I think it's right around the time you start drinking that you, when you're young, you don't want to be drinking around your parents. Cause... Right. And then you get older and you're like, oh, shit, this is kind of fun. My parents know how to throw a few back. <laughs> <laughs> that's or do... I have to drink to be with my parents. Yeah, yeah. That's that, too. that too. That <laughs> too. Uh, I guess I just want to shout out the segues in this show in general. They have a lot of mileage. I think they sell the 70s vibe more than anything. You know what I mean. They'll have, like, two characters hanging out and then a psychedelic background. Yeah, they do the psychedelic background as they're, like, jumping on a trampoline or jumping up or doing, or like, air guitaring or whatever. 
What a way to fill the screen. What a way to fill time. And technically, I think Randy was in one of those, too. So he did get, like, a second appearance on this show. Did he? And I just didn't see him. That was probably just stock footage. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) And frankly, like, I don't know why he wasn't at this party, but he apparently wasn't invited to Disney's (laughs) party, and so... Look, he got his orange pop out of the fridge. He's golden. He has to go to the handyman party now. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's probably got other fridges. Part of other handyman deals he's done. He needs to go get Fridge across Wisconsin. How he grocery shops. (laughs) So Kitty and Red announce that they're staying, and everyone's like happy for them. And then uh, Chong is there, Tommy Chong, and he. Yeah, he's here now. Yeah, he became a re- like he was a bit character for a while, where he just show up on a few episodes, and then he just became a regular. And for he... some reason, I thought he was Hyde's dad. No, nah, he worked. At... They did hang out, right? Yeah, yeah, I think he was like the owner of like a photo shop where they developed photos, and then Hyde worked okay. for him for a while. Gotcha. But then. And then I know at one point Hyde f- realizes he has a different dad than he originally thought, and his dad was the dad from Sister Sister, I think. And then he realizes Whoa. he's like half black, and he thinks that's cool, and it's probably racist if I watched it again, but I don't remember. Yeah. But, uh, wow, I mean, yeah. To be fair, most things <laughs> that tread into that territory mm. are probably racist if we go back and watch them now. Uh, it's racist that we haven't done a Sister Sister episode. Uh, you're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> you got it out, Carolyn, for your next next yeah. time in That's the true. in the hosting saddle. That's true. Never knew how much I missed you, uh, <laughs> Chong. So, but he says, Tommy Chong says, well, they're like, oh, we're not moving to Point Place in Florida. And then he says, that's weird because I was thinking of moving to Point Place. And I guess that's a joke, but I did not get it at all. Like, <laughs> I didn't even get yeah. why that would have been funny, but. I think it's Point Place, Wisconsin, where they're staying, and the joke is that he's so stoned that he doesn't maybe, know where maybe he is. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, maybe I was too stoned for the joke, yeah. <laughs> I think so, David. <laughs> yeah, it can happen. Uh, so then Kitty basically goes about goes around and tells how much tells everybody how much she likes them, and it's kind of like the series send-off for, I think, everybody, which is probably why Randy didn't get in there, because they're like, you don't deserve (laughs) to have any sort of send-off. Your orange (laughs) pop is your send-off, you... (laughs) And then it, uh, so she, you know, she just hugs people and says goodbye, and then has a tearful embrace with, uh, Donna, which might have been actually more real than fake, and then they mention Lori and how she's not there, I guess. <laughs> Which is the right, sister. yeah. And so that actress, that the, the Lori character was Eric's sister and Kitty's daughter and everything. Yeah. And she like the first one, right? Yeah, died. Two Lories, she like right? yeah. Did, did she die? And they had to replace one and then the first one like went on to do drugs and die young. And I don't know if she was actually dead by this point. Because that makes it pretty macabre yeah, how they yeah. throw that out. Yeah, they she had two yeah Played by two different people. I didn't realize the first one died or anything. I don't know. Drugs and died, David. Well, that's a downer. I know. And another thing that I I feel like, so, like, Kitty and Donna are both blondes now. Mm -hmm. And I like it on Kitty. And Donna looks great, but I don't like it on her. I think her red hair was really special. So, boo to that. Yeah, I liked her. I mean, some of it's just what you're used to, too. Like, she was red. True. For so long that it just seems a little weird to see her with blonde hair. And 
And then she goes full, like, black brunette hair in Orange is the New Black. So mm. I guess, actually, she can kind of pull off any color on the box. Mm-hmm. Good for her. But also, boo, she should have stayed redhead for the whole 70s show. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah, I don't know why they decide to have her dye her. I don't know what her natural hair color is, so I guess I can't right. speak mm. to her. I don't know. Bit. Well, she has really faint eyebrows. That's the trick. Mm-hmm. You can pull off anything with faint eyebrows. Yeah. The first, the first Laurie did die in 2013. Okay, so okay, so not when this finale happened, but still, yeah, much younger than she could have been. Right. R.I.P. First Laurie. Does she have a name, Austin, or? Oh, the actress. Yes, yeah, the actress. Yeah. Does have Lisa Robin Kelly. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, so back to Donna. She's Please. in the very warm New Year's Eve Wisconsin driveway. Uh, <laughs> Hanging out on the car and uh, reminiscing about Eric and just their relationship. And I feel like twice now they've had, like, flashbacks to, uh, like, a Star Wars when th- with them dressed up as Star Wars characters, which I think was, mm-hmm. like, a dream of Eric during the Star Wars episode. So it's just kind of weird to, like, flashback to somebody else's dream, but I guess that's what's right, happening here. Right. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, then, uh, shockingly, Eric shows up and we get another superstar in Topher Grace appearing on this show, you know? Wow. <laughs> I wonder if he regrets doing movies. I bet he got a lot less money. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I took a look and yeah. I'm, I'm near certain that he left that 70s show to do Spider-Man 3. No, okay. Oh man, that's not the good Spider-Man. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure he had to have regretted that decision pretty quick. <laughs> I bet he was sad that he wasn't in the jazz sequence. <laughs> but then he was in that other movie that doesn't help. That had which one? I have no idea what other movies he's in. Is he in Striking Distance? Did have like? Uh... <laughs> he wishes. I know, we all wish. We all wish. Johansson, was he in a movie with Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, with Den- it was with- and Dennis Quaid. Yeah, and, um, In Good Company, was that it? Yeah, that That's was the it. Good Quaid. Part of me thought that, that was the movie he left to do, but the yeah. timing on it doesn't work out. But then, yeah, then I think there was like, win a date with Ted... Steve, not Ted Stevens. <laughs> Ted, who? Win a date with Tad Hamilton, I think is what it is. Oh. Tad Hamilton. That was the only other movie I remember. He, his career isn't as illustrious as uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, I'd say that. No, no. You think he plays high stakes poker, or is that Toby Maguire? No, that was that was Topher Grace. He had cameos in, in the two first two Oceans, Oceans 11, Oceans 12. They, like, both play poker with each other and are dicks, and that's what they do now with all that <laughs> sweet Spider-Man cash. Uh, so, yeah, Eric shows up and uh, says he's sorry to Donna, and then they never should have broken up, and then she just kisses him, and then I think they're back together then? Is that what... <laughs> Show's ending. What do we care? <laughs> I can't tell. I can't tell if they are in true love, David, because, again, there's no woos. Yeah, there, yeah, there was that's no true. woos. See, David, this, so is, this is one of those, like, rich, dramatic conclusions to a series that leaves you wondering, that mm. doesn't give you the pat resolution. It's 
it's the uh, it's the don't stop believing onion rings of the Sopranos <laughs> oh, finale. Uh, is how is, dare uh, you? Is, is the Eric <laughs> with and, a capital and, A we're seeing right here? Is that what you're yes, exactly, exactly. Did <laughs> wow. they kiss? Did they not kiss? It's Schrodinger's cat. We'll never know. Yeah. Well, they kissed. But, but did they get back together? Yeah. Did they get yeah. back together or not? It's, it's uh, for you to decide. Yeah. But I then, guess this came before the Sopranos finale. I don't know. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's too yeah, close. This is where Sopranos got the idea. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sopranos ripped off that 70s show. There's no debate. Case closed. We know. Uh, so they, uh, yeah, so they talk, they kiss, and then Donna notes that his mom's drunk, and Eric's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that, so I'm just going to go in the basement and smoke with his friends. And that's what he does. Which, again, is kind of a dick move, considering how bad his mom wanted to see him. I know. <laughs> well, it's a and his mom's nice. Move, like, it isn't even like she's, like, one of those, like, mean domineering moms. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. The dad's a little mean, but <laughs> he just has the foot-ass fetish. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't want Clarence Bodiger as my dad, but <laughs> not mind having Deborah Jo Rupp as my mom. She's Somebody like, yeah, needs to, nice. like, throw toxic waste on that guy, that's for sure. <laughs> and get killed by a helicopter <laughs> or melted. So we're smoking weed in a circle for maybe the last time. And, uh, yep, for the last time we get a smoke circle and they are talking about how everyone's kissed Jackie and <laughs> then Kelso gets a plastic rhino horn and is excited and I guess girls aren't allowed to participate <laughs> in this, so I don't know what they're doing. They're just hanging out with the parents right now, but, uh... Yep. Then are talking about girl stuff with Robocop. And then Hyde starts talking about a car that runs on water, and I'm fairly sure that's a callback to the first episode. Because I oh, think dang. that's what he talks about in their first smoke circle in the first episode. Yeah, that was that was what one of the gruel orphans told me. That was a really a premiere or a series premiere callback. Yeah. I unfortunately I just guess. have that knowledge in my brain replacing something that's useful. So. <laughs> right, like I'm gonna go I, drive my yeah. car tomorrow and forget how to shift gears or something because that's <laughs> in my head now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess they're like talking about how America suppressed alternative fuel sources for yeah. cars. And they're also making a statement on their theme song where they're hanging out doing the same old stuff they did last week. Yeah. It works on multiple levels. This is like... A, it, it rhymes. It's poetry. Not only is it the onion rings of the Sopranos, it's like an onion itself. <laughs> <Yes>. you <know? laughs> Mr. Soprano is taking notes so hard right now. <laughs> He's like, I need onions. The onions. <laughs> Finale, onions. The onion rings are the water car of the Sopranos. <laughs> Tony S. loved his onion rings. I think, yeah. He liked anything fried. They were writing it down and he said, you know, finale is like an onion. But then it just got mistranslated. And like, we need onion rings in the finale. <laughs> I'm never doing a finale without onion rings again. <clears throat> Then they go all up to ring in the new year, and the episode ends exactly one second before 1980. Hey guys, last one upstairs. How's to call red a dumbass? Oh man. somewhat notably or maybe not we leave the camera in the basement everybody else runs upstairs mm-hmm. so we are left with that unsatisfying david chase-esque conclusion yeah. 
just don't. We aren't involved. We're excluded from the finale. Yep, celebrating. We don't know whatever happened to Randy. Did he get another orange soda from another <laughs> fridge? We'll never know. That's that's another. That's one of those finale tropes. Is the like. Yes. sad lingering shot on the iconic mm-hmm. locale mm-hmm. to close out the episode mm-hmm. yeah the only thing is it wasn't like emptied or anything that they usually do to like really sell oh, right, it right right yeah which is like what you feel like they could have done if they actually moved but then maybe they just got cold feet for some reason decided it was better for them not to move or it is it was a weird it was a weird turn for the story because even kitty's like go around the room and tell everybody why she loves them. Yeah. It would have worked better if it was like a, I'm saying goodbye to you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, she was like, Oh, we're not leaving. So I'm going to tell you why I love each of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awkward when you say goodbye and then you get, they still don't leave. <laughs> 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 goodbye again. Ah. Oh. Oh. Uh, speaking of saying goodbye, we said goodbye to a year uh, as well, although it's like a month late for us now, but, uh, was was there anything in the past year you wanted, anyone wanted to speak on? Oh, this is our segue to not doing a year in review episode. (laughs) Yeah, we're not doing a reviewing one for various reasons. Maybe laziness is a part of that, but, uh. (laughs) I pushed for this a little, so I'll start, Um. um... One of the features I enjoyed this year, and it certainly didn't come out this year, but I certainly did watch it on VHS, <laughs> is Lonesome Dove, the oh, OPB yeah. miniseries. Ooh. Have you guys seen this? I've not. With Robert Duvall! Yes. yes, Austin, it's casted to the stars. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, Chris Cooper is a baby in it, and Steve Buscemi is a baby in it, but they both look yeah. old. Oh, God, who else? Robert Duvall, the other one... Who's an old Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy the Lee Jones, one. the other one. <laughs> Angelica Houston is in it. Just everybody's in it. It's I feel so like I watched it on a TV that was strapped to a AV cart in middle Perfect. school. <laughs> yes, me too. Yeah. I'm so that's really good to get to watch in middle school because it has like a lot of horror and a fair amount of murdering. Yeah. So yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Anybody else watch anything good yeah, this year? Um, actually, I watched a lot of stuff this year. We actually try to make a point to watch some some movies, both new and old. Um, saw Vertigo for the first time. That was pretty good. Oh, um, the Hitchcock. Yeah, good Hitchcock. Uh, watched North by Northwest for the first time. Um, marveled at Cary Grant's old man suit. In that. <laughs> Cary um, Grant is so handsome, especially when he's like, you know, perfect. Uh, oh, I was going to rant about Wonder Woman 84. And, oh, no, and I didn't see it. Oh, it's not. It's not good. It's not. I hear it's a poo poo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got it's got some part like Pedro Pascal. God bless him is just hamming it up left and right. As God, somebody did good. Yeah. As he's basically like like uh, uh Michael Douglas in Wall Street to like the nth degree and he's he's clearly having a good time and his character is a lot of fun and he's got some sad notes with his with his kid at the end and um you know I'm a dad and I'm not made of stone and that was affecting <laughs> but it's just a terror it's a movie that needed about two or three more passes with the script there's some mm. really it 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 says some really bad things um I think unintentionally uh, that 
for for no apparent reason. Well, basically, like Wonder Woman wishes her dead World War One boyfriend back to life through this like magic wishing stone that factors into the plot. And even though everybody else's wish just materializes, her dead boyfriend comes back in somebody else's body. What? And so then there's this weird undertone of like, so she's raping that guy, right? <laughs> because like he's not in control of his body while she's sleeping with him. And they do this whole thing about how like the world still sees him as the guy, but she sees him as her dead boyfriend, Chris Pine. And the whole time I was like, why? Why are you doing this? There's no good reason for the movie to be doing. He could have just come back to life. Like, Kristen Wiig could become a cheetah lady, but this guy yeah, has to come back in someone else's body. Like, it doesn't that's make... what I want to hear about. Is the Kristen Wiig put on a cat suit or what? It was all like a CG cat suit. Looked uh... better than the cats in Cats, though, which I also watched. Mm, and was just segue. beautiful garbage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, that is, I love a musical, but I am not excited about Cats. Oh, Cats was just, you are, no one can be prepared for how terrible it is. It's just, woof, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, with Cats and Wonder Woman, it does seem like the Emperor wears no clothes, right? Well, there, like, and like, these there's this weird studios bit. that are successful can't even write anymore, can't even keep it together. And there's this weird bit with in Wonder Woman with, like, Kristen Wiig gets, like, sexually harassed slash like pseudo assaulted by this guy while she's walking home. And then wonder woman, her friend shows up and like beats the guy up, roughs the guy up a little bit. And it's framed as like this cheer worthy, like, Oh, the hero is roughing up this bad guy kind of thing. And then Kristen Wiig wishes on the wishing stone and starts becoming more like a cheetah person. And then like <laughs> she attacks the guy when he comes after her again. But this time it's framed as like an evil sinister thing where ah. she's like losing control of her power. You're like, but why? It's not mm-hmm. any different than when Wonder <laughs> Woman did it. And it was a good thing. Like Maybe that's commentary on Gal Gadot and her, uh, her soldier history. Well, yeah, and... there's that whole aspect of it too. The mm-hmm. fact that she's like fighting Arabs, you know, this, this yeah. former soldier in the Israeli army is fighting stereotypical Arab terrorists throughout chunks. Just lots of really awkward, problematic things like that that just didn't have to be there at all. Ayatollah as a whole, man, the 80s, can't beat it. <laughs> yeah. David, what else? David, you got anything? Yeah, you want to David. Talk about? Not really. Uh, being in a pandemic. <laughs> David's twenty twenty existed in a blur of. Uh, <laughs> of just nothing. Working just from home, all you know, not leaving my house for like. I mean, it, I watched Shit's Creek, and that was funny. I like that. I, I started. We started that. I'm, we're, we're in the first season, but it's it's uh, we're having fun. I mean, it's not nothing like super mind blowing. What was interesting is I was expecting a little f- different. I thought it'd be more. Like an always sunny, a little more like irreverent, a little more like these are bad people. But it actually has a lot of heart, which isn't better or worse necessarily from like a comedy perspective. Just different than what I was expecting. But it, yeah. Yeah, it has a lot yeah. of emotional beats, especially near the end that I wasn't expecting. So yeah, that was a good show. I watched a lot, a lot of Law and Order for whatever reason. Tong tong. Why? Where are my Law and Order articles, David? You're supposed <laughs> I to be could do it, it is a show that, as I watch, is ripe for being analyzed in a lot of different Come aspects. On. It's a comfort show. There's it's an audience for it, David, and that audience is me. <laughs> Do it, David. Do whatever I mean, Austin it, it, wants. It's wild because it went from 1990 to 2010, and when you think of how much the world had changed between that, right? from where it starts and ends, it's 
It's pretty amazing. And just what it says about how it gets our legal system right sometimes, but very wrong a lot of times and all that. That's that's one show covering almost the same amount of time as is between when Wonder <laughs> Years takes place and when Wonder Years It is you. true. <laughs> oh, no. It's funny, like, by the um, end of the se- yeah. series, you know, they're just like, oh, we gotta get our internet experts on this to track this person down, and then, like, around 2000, they're like, what's this email you talk about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they really kept quite contemporary, too. Did they, they have a furry episode, they have a, a Epstein, I think. I don't oh, know sure. if they have an Epstein. Yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of stuff you're like, oh, I remember that, and, yeah. Like, just referencing um, cultural events, yeah. It's... Yeah. Right? But that's, yeah, so 2020 was me watching a show that ended in 2010, so that doesn't really... (laughs) That's legit. Oh, I have another recommendation, and I almost brought it up during Austin Simpson's Christmas episode. Have you guys ever seen Hank Azaria's comedy that's very good called Brockmire? Oh, uh, no, I have not. Yeah, he's a baseball announcer, right? Yes, it has some very loving odes to baseball. He's like a hot mess baseball announcer, Mm. and the opening is him... Uh, his wife is banging someone else, and then he walks in on it, and then he calls, like, the worst game of his life and gets, like, housed all the time. But he still talks old-timey and very fancy. His great words throughout the entire thing. And um, the last season was a great surprise. They advanced it, like, ten years in the future, and they really show some declining of the USA. It's pitch black, and it starts out, you know, pretty dark, then goes up a little, then gets down. It's really very fun. Hard recommend. A good comedy. Uh, a lot of soft comedies don't make me laugh. I'm an edgelord these days. <laughs> but like a good hard one, like gets me all the way there. And it makes me really proud of Hank Azaria, who has done so much great voice work over the years, but you don't really get used to his face. He's got a perfectly good face and he's kept in shape. He looks good on camera. Good for him. Hard recommend. Did he did he manage to get through that show without uh appropriating anyone's culture in his uh in his voice work (laughs) you know they do get pretty woke yeah he doesn't do that but he does have a daughter that is mixed race that he doesn't realize they touch on a lot it's woke in a hard mean mean way they really how uh is it just a couple seasons or did they get to like three or four okay that's what i thought and it deals with his sobriety a lot and Amanda Peet's in it, and she gets to be really great. You know, she was just a hot babe in a lot of 90s stuff, and good for her. But this time she gets, like, a character that gets to get dirty, gets to be hard. So uh, She was also the female lead in Aaron Sorkin's magnum opus, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> was she uh, in the one we watched? Let's give I don't... credit where credit's due. She <laughs> was in the one that we watched, yes. I miss a lot, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> But good for her. She is really fun. She yeah, she is. A great she job. is fun. Yeah, she deserved better than Studio than than what she was put through on Studio sixty. At the end of Brockmire, slight spoiler: she ends up having an on-screen suicide that she's in charge of. She's like a media person, and so that puts her into decline. And then she has nothing else going on. So there's like a burning frackle in her old hometown, and she just rents it out to to cults to marvel at the decline of civilization. Nice. It's really fun. Really good scene. And then the only other thing I watched, one last thing, is My Crazy Ex. And people tell stories about their ex-girlfriend or boyfriends, and then they do reenactment. Except the person who's telling the story is also an actor. So, like, there's four shades of actors impersonating other actors. And those exes sure were crazy, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, towards the end of the year, I made an effort to try to re- start reading some more uh, uh, quote-unquote classics. Oh, books uh, are good. So I read uh, I read Hemingway's Farewell to Arms and uh, Frankenstein for the first How time. How did you like those? Which one's better? Um, well, I probably liked Farewell to Arms better. Mm. Um, just because I like hard-drinking, staccato rhythm, anti-war <laughs> books more than uh, sweeping peons to romanticism, which is uh, which is what Frankenstein really is. Mm, uh, but it is presented as a horror book. Kind, I mean, yes, it is very much so. It's a gothic. Uh, yes, but it is you 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 don't. The one thing that a lot of the of the adaptations lose, understandably, is the romance. Is just how tethered to romanticism the the original book is i might have missed that too i know it was written on a dare they're all just hanging out mm-hmm. for a weekend right and she's like hold on i'm gonna go bang out modern horror what it's and it's especially bum, bum, funny bum. too because like so meant so much of like the adaptations especially like the film adaptations and you think of the original like 30s one with you it's alive and the lightning <laughs> and they put so yes. much stock in the spectacle of the creation and in the book it's like he studied and then he created the monster and then he had problems and it's just it blows past <laughs> really the, oh yeah it's i mean it's very it's very um just sort of like nonchalant and it it transitions immediately from he's like studying and he's trying to do this thing and then he's horrified with what he's done and dealing with the fallout of the creation and the actual creation itself is like one sentence because like Mary Shelley did like you didn't have the 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 scientific know-how to write what that would be like in a realistic way so you just am like yeah he learned how to do it and he did it and you don't have to describe how he did it because that's not really what it what's important about it but then Wow. Later adaptations come along and milk that for all it's worth because it makes such a yes. good spectacle for film. Like the cinematic like moments. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is just like a mystery, actually. Like everything right. in the book takes place after <laughs> the fact. And it's just people mm-hmm. piecing together what happened and like how it happened. And then like basically everything that's interesting about that story is passive and you and glossed over at the end, basically. Of like, well, this is what happened. You're like, well, that's all the cool stuff I wanted to read about. Right. Like, <laughs> that's why I was reading this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, classics. <laughs> that is cool, though. I haven't actually read those. I've been reading some books. I don't remember any. Just a lot of um, murder mysteries and stuff. Yeah, people be dying. Watch out. I'm, I'm toying with, uh, with the idea of starting War and Peace. Oh, shit. You are just going for that... Yeah. High school advanced course stuff. God, yeah. God bless. David, did you ever finish Count of Monte Cristo? I know you were reading it at one point. No, did I you don't. finish the sandwich? The Monte Cristo, the Monte Cristo sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I could go back to it, but then I, I lost my place. It's a good sandwich. It's such a monolith, and it's so. We've talked about it before where when you get paid by the word, it doesn't mm. lend itself to great stories. It's a. <laughs> Right. All great stories should be 22 minutes. Yeah, well, it's not bad. It's like... No, I know, I know. Did they wear climate-appropriate clothing in The Count of Monte Cristo is what I want to know. Is that like a thousand-page book? It's the guy who gets it walled is. in I or made something, the mistake. Right? There's an abridged version, which is probably 
in some ways better, but I'm like, well, I got to get the unabridged and just read it that way. And I'm like, holy crap, this is going on forever. And then it's just not necessary. <laughs> it was the opposite of editing. Yeah, exactly. And, there, well, and then there's just, there's always so much, especially in, in books of that time, like the 17, 1800s, there's so much like, uh, local politics stuff. I mean, not to like, <laughs> yeah, not to like Napoleon is is like super local or anything, mm-hmm. but it's just like very like intricate politics of the ebbs and flows of yeah, Napoleon's like rise to Napoleon power. Napoleon when and why and how this is yeah. going to yeah. And you're just kind of can can you get to the sword fighting already? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of since I'm the video game person. If I played, I played the Star mm. Wars Fallen Order. But that came out like in 2019 last year, and I, yeah. I've, it was fun enough. Frankenstein came out story. in like 1815, I David. Know, I right, still read right. it. <laughs> it was fun enough, but I'm sick of Star Wars stories in the specific time between uh, the prequels and the originals, and frankly, between the originals and after and the new one. Like, just we can move on from that era because so much has already been right. said then. But you know, a hundred percent. Yeah, you had me sick of Star Wars. I know. Well, I mean, the whole story of this game is like, it takes place after the prequels, but before the original movies. And it's like, we need to build, we're going to rebuild the Jedi Order. And I'm like, well, I already know how this is no, going to end. And not well. <laughs> you know, How's Jar Jar doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you see Jar Jar. They don't go there. there. What? Then I'm out. I'm double out. You do get Darth Vader at the end in like a, quote, holy shit moment where I'm like, I'm already done. Like, whatever. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm not going to kill Darth Vader, so shockingly that doesn't happen. But uh, I get that. But yeah, this well. game posits, what if you did? <laughs> there is There was a Star Wars game where you could kill Darth Vader, and then yeah. you become the new Darth Vader, but that's, oh, video games. And I think I played the Final Fantasy VII remake. I feel like everything I've been mm. doing is just going to the past and not looking at the present. Cause I <laughs> yeah. I agree. I um I played the Mother Three, oh, yeah. which was for Game Boy Advance, which is like Earthbound mm-hmm. slash Mother. And I got all the way to the end, but then we moved, and it's like in our TV, and we haven't put our TV up, so we haven't beaten it. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. And speaking of the past and RPGs, like Final Fantasy VII, which is the one I don't like, David. I like when they say pixels, not polygons. <laughs> I just hey, can't. I, well, I love Final Fantasy VII, and that's why I like yeah. the remake, even though. There's probably a lot of good criticism out there. There's a lot of good criticism of JRPGs anyway. Sure. But, uh, and I'm not saying I'm but right. But I do I'm also love, like, me. 6 and 4 or 3 and right? 2. Right, yeah. How did you like the remake? Did they keep, quote-unquote, the aesthetics uh, yeah, <laughs> that I mean, you like? updated. I mean, frankly, a lot right. of the graphics weren't that great for 7. Like, it was better right. when they were, like, the pixels, because... The Dorito right. people were great, so they kept that. I think they updated a few things that didn't age very well, so I appreciated mm. that. But it's also it only takes place in the now I'm getting geeky here in the Midgar part, so it's like only like the first third of the game, which they kind of oh. stretched out to a full game, and so then are they going to serialize it like Count of Monte Cristo? What are they? I doing? know exactly. I don't know it well because it, pro- it was probably too ambitious to do what they were doing and make it into the full world. I don't even know how they're going to make wow. it be open once it becomes open world. I don't even know what they're going to do with that. Um, do open world? Work, but, oh my god! 
I wouldn't pay for a game that was just a remake of the first third. <laughs> I know. Well, but I'm such a sucker for Final Fantasy VII. So go ahead. Why. Go ahead. I didn't mind it, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for people who are just coming in fresh necessarily either. And Sure. And they do... Uh, now, now I'm really going off the rails. The story, like, there's <laughs> these little ghost things that keep appearing. And it was very much like they'd ha- make the character, like, they'd stop the characters from doing something and make them do other things, right? And it just all made them follow the story of the original game. And it very much was like just their, the plot device to make sure you do exactly what was, what originally happened in the game. They just make sure you do it again. And so they have these things that are just like, it's just what the plot demands, so you gotta do it. And I'm like, well, this is kind of a stupid thing, and then... <laughs> eh, whatever. But nice, I liked it. Nice. I enjoyed it. And uh, and then they do something at the end that makes you think they might stray away from where the original went, but I don't know how that's all going to shake out. Uh, we'll well, this one's pretty good. In the Mother 3 game, there's the part where you go underwater and you have to get air from these mermen with big lips <laughs> and they kiss you full of air with their big lips. Hot. Yeah. I think it would make good cosplay. And they have mustaches, so they're, they're mermen. Was it like the inspiration for like the shape of water? Or yes, I'm pretty sure <laughs> right. that's where that comes from. Okay. And just if anybody goes into cosplay, if we ever like walk around in conventions and stuff like... If you have a good mustache, please be a big kissy merman and give me air at conventions. That's all I'm saying. And speaking of doing old school stuff, uh, this is half old school where I started playing A Link to the Past Randomizers. Oh, okay. So I love Link to the Past, the SNES one, right? What is the randomizer like? So it's it's just basically like a ROM hack where like you you can generate Mm. them and then it just places all the items in different locations. And so oh, that's fine. Half the game is just finding, yeah. So you're just going around searching for the items, and you don't know where they are. And then, but it also has logic, so it never like locks an item behind where you can't get it. Obviously. Oh, that's good. I do love that uh, game type, like that engine. Yeah, Link yeah, to the yeah. Past is like one of the best engines. You know the physicality of it. It's like an action RPG. Mm-hmm. I also like the Mother type, where you just. Beat him yeah. up in a different screen. <laughs> I do like But then both. you get to polygons, you lose me. Yeah. <laughs> once, yeah, once you go into the 3D space. <laughs> what uh, what platform are you playing that on, David? Uh, it's an emulator that I okay. have on my... Noise. I like some emulation. Yes. <laughs> so you get a ROM of it, and then I could go through it all, but I'm actually like two to three years at least late on this thing, but that's all <laughs> But I'm late to everything, so you know. That's yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm late to Mother 3 myself. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even actually played it, so I should. It's really sweet. It's quite sad. Uh, it's quite good. Recommend. Right, I feel like we're getting way off track now, but... Uh, I think we're good. <laughs> you know. We can start talking about video games. Uh, so is there anything else we want to recap from last year? The garbage fire that no, was? No, not me. <laughs> No, mm. never again. Goodbye, forever twenty twenty. Please no. We can't go from a nadir to an apex in like one year. We're, we're it's going to be a slow climb <laughs> up, and it's going to suck. But, yeah. right. Hopefully, we're going up instead of down. That's all I've got. It's all, it's all right. about it's all about slowly clearing low bars. Ah, <laughs> uh, if only. I guess I will just shout out the one new media that did happen. That was pretty okay it was Parlor. bill and ted's long awaited no <laughs> bill and ted's long awaited trequel uh i love 
the second movie the oh, most, yeah. probably Bogus Journey, but this third one was not very disappointing. It was pretty cute. It wasn't as good to me as the predecessors, but it happened. Give Alex Winter some money. He's a good guy. <laughs> Get him in a movie. Pretty good job. That's it. That's yep. really it for 2020. Yeah, we saw, we saw that, David. It was pretty good. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. I, don't know. I think uh, not much more. It wasn't like mind blowing or anything. It's not like you go no, yeah, to watch no. it, but yeah, yeah. I thought they did a as as good a job as they probably could have, and as any story could have, where the premise is <laughs> you're going to create a thing that is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, and then and then the people making the the show or the movie have to try to come up with that thing. And it's always tough when the the thing that's going to be the greatest ever is in a medium where you experience the thing. And what I mean right. by that is, like, it's very easy to write a story, uh, like, to write a book about the greatest singer ever. Mm. But then to then have a movie about the greatest singer ever becomes difficult. Like, a fictional, like, the greatest voice right. you'll ever hear. And then, like, when you actually have to, like, pay up and show it. Right. Right. Mm. This is not the best song in the world. Yeah, exactly. It's just a tribute. <laughs> exactly. And so I thought the way they handled that in the movie, mm-hmm. they handled it probably as well as, as they could have and as anything could have. Yeah. Yeah, and their disappointment and struggle as artists was, um, mm-hmm. for no reason, pretty relatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just made me sad that George Carlin couldn't have been a part of it. Right. R.I.P.P. P. R.I.P. Uh... All right, I think that's enough. Did we want to say that anything else about the enough. episode? <laughs> Remember that episode? We oh, final thoughts. Mm. Uh, I guess I learned <laughs> that you might die from a water tower. Yeah. Or you might not. And um, that Wisconsin doesn't have any cheese because no one ate any cheese this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take that, Wisconsin. Uh, Austin? Uh, I learned all kinds of interesting things about the latter years of that 70s show, like Kelso <laughs> having a Randy. kid and, and Hyde getting married and Randy raiding the fridge for Orange Pop. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, if I just relearned how warm it is in Wisconsin during the New Year. <laughs> See, David, you have to move next door. Yeah, exactly. And then I can get the warm weather I've always craved. Uh, Austin, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me yelling about people in California wearing way too warm of coats on TV <laughs> on Twitter at Austin Gorton. Uh, you can read my writing at the real gentleman of leisure.com and at comicsxf.com. Um, actually, I think by the time this episode posts, I will have a, um, uh, like a tag team review. Um, we've got a guy that's covering the WandaVision TV show and every episode he's got a different person that joins him uh, to discuss Ooh. it. And uh, as we're recording this one, the Family Ties episode is the is the next one up. And it is uh, reportedly uh, uh, homaging the Tom Hanks drunk uncle episode Ooh. that we... Uh, that we reviewed here not too long ago. So I'm tapping in on that one and, uh, you can find my, uh, my review of that, my discussion of that, uh, on comics, I will say that 
even if people are wearing warm coats in California, <laughs> native Californians are also pussies when it comes to the weather. So I'm not sure I where know. that balance comes from when you're like. I know. When we show up at a California winter in short sleeves, they're suddenly like, oh, it's so cold. I got a bundle up. Yeah, even even my mother-in-law, who grew up in Minnesota and lived in Minnesota all her life and then retired to Florida, and she said within like a year and a half, she turned into a freeze baby down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carolyn? Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it. I have read an article, because I've been... It's a little colder here, but mm-hmm. it's kind of different, but I'm trying to be outside, because have you heard about the thing brown fat? That is like a kind of fat that really protects you against the cold and the elements. It's like good for you to have going and i think that's why they leave babies outside in sweden or whatever anyways you guys you're doing good i bet well, maybe you. that's why i'm so warm david i got lots of brown fat <laughs> i bet you do austin and that's not an insult i mean i got <laughs> lots of fat i'm just not sure how much of it's brown fat <laughs> yeah have a doctor check you'll need to bring in an article or like talk about your colon he won't get it it's a science thing um and i do want to watch wandavision that seems interesting especially because, like, we did that Lucy episode not too long ago, and it seems like they're touching on that. Also, this new Nicole Kidman's going to be Lucy yeah, with Xavier Bardem. I just heard about that. Written... It's probably going to stink. Well, it's written by Aaron Sorkin. I don't know if he's directing it, but... Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, oh, a lot no. of walking going on in that Lucy episode. Right. <laughs> it's it, going to pee it should, be, it should be fun trying to see Javier Bardem, like, talk himself around uh, Sorkin's dialogue. <laughs> he's not even Cuban. Okay. Okay, um, Carolyn Main, C A R O L Y N M A I, and like the street. I have a Twitter. I have a Patreon. Check me out. Get you some postcards, playa. And uh, I have a card game, Pitch Please. You can buy yourself a deck at pitchplease.fun. There's also a podcast. Check that out if you are bored enough. That's all. Yep. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doctor Bits. I don't even know what I'd be doing on there right now. I I drunkenly <laughs> once. <laughs> I think my last tweet was something drunk about me being sad that somebody I know decided that the club could handle me right now. And I didn't <laughs> it was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to get in drug Twitter fights with your spouse more often. Yeah. Well, St. Patrick's Day is coming yeah, up I again. That, that's my, that's the, uh, <clears throat> Just the Christmas for my drunk tweets or something. I don't know what to say. I love it, man. I can't believe how powerful you are. The real St. Patrick's Day is the one that lives in your heart, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this that. will probably be another St. Patrick's Day at home, but, you know, whatever. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And at therealgentlemanofleisure.com, maybe someday I'll write something. Yeah, we'll get those Law and Order <laughs> reviews, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Do it. Uh, um, so we are a very special episode podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at AVSE Pod. Check out our Facebook page where you can tell Austin all about video games and how much you love them. I think that's, uh, he'll want to hear about that. And, sure, sure. <laughs> and, or talk to him about the weather in California. Yeah, I think that's what we need, really need to. Get out. But you can do that through email via avsepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so for a very special episode podcast, this is David and 10, 9, 9, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8
two, one. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. I'm just thinking, like, if your brother is super rich, do you see any of that money or just not really? If I was related to them, I would think not. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they would, like, take me on a vacation once a year and, like, rub it in. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if your brother was Seth Meyers, it'd be less about, and you were an actor. Yeah, you're it'd just It'd be like... less about the money and more about the access and the networking. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. Anyway. I mean, it's not like this guy hasn't had a career, so, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he gets on things and, you know. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a brotherly rivalry, then. SNL versus Mad TV. Right, <laughs> right. I guess we know which one has more prestige, but <laughs> does it really? This is, this, is, this is a terrible tangent, and you can, you can cut it if you want to, David. <laughs> but, no, uh, go. Go. We watched, my wife and I watched uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, I love that. Uh, Great Around Christmas. Movies. And I, it's a movie I had I had never seen before. Oh. And um, uh, enjoyed it, but and I was You struck. just wonder I, how like, you can mistake someone's butt cheeks for pillows when it's like... Yeah, I know. That, <laughs> because um, you want to. Good point. Good point, yeah, 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 you sold me. The heart Carol. wants what the heart wants. Um, <laughs> it struck me as, like... I realized that it is the, the way they travel in that movie is as foreign today as like watching a movie set in the thirties mm. where they're taking like trains and, you know, passenger, you know, fancy passenger cars and all of that. And like my wife and I were just like, our, my mind was boggling at the whole notion of like, I miss my flight. I call home. I tell you that I missed my flight. I'm going to try to, you know, do such and such. And then you do not hear a single (laughs) word from me until I show up with John Candy at our house three days later on Thanksgiving. Like, that's just how it was back then. Could you imagine me going on like a business trip and then just be like, well, I'll see you when I see you. You don't hear from me for like three straight days. Yeah, but he could always Wild. call home, though, most of the time, though, at least. But, but he doesn't in the movie. Like, he tries, and but... he doesn't get a hold of her, and he has to leave a message, or she's not there because mm-hmm. she's at the school thing, and it's just, like, See? it's just wild. Like, that's that was the way the world was. Steve Martin is, like, one of the world's perfect men. He had such a streak of really perfect comedies. We just watched All of Me last night. He's so good. Yeah, Steve, Steve Martin's great. I like Steve Martin. Powerful. Much better than Chevy Chase. <laughs> Not fair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's not really a hot take, but we'll, we'll keep it. <laughs> Someone had to say it.